Is this the Halloween episode? Because we're about to let some skeletons out of the closet. <laughs> New mic arm. You're going to have to get used to that. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's trying to give me karate, karate fights. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just watching you like fiddle with everything over there. <laughs> I know. Normally I don't have the laptop power, but I know. here we are. You're in the driver's seat today. I know. Well, and I guess before we get started, I guess we should say thank you for all the support and stuff because we broke over 50 subscribers on the YouTube channel. We did. And that's wild. Yeah. We're just two people. 40,000 views? Yeah. On just YouTube. I don't know what it is everywhere else. but Like we're just two people in a basement. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like 50 people. And I I mean like, you know, we just started doing the podcast again in the beginning Mm -hmm. of January and... Uh, you know, we had, we've done it now for a long time. I don't know when we posted the either. first episode, but you know, it's lived a lot of different lives. So it's just fun to see this version of yeah, it. Doing so well. that's really exciting. So thanks for the support and stuff. I mm-hmm. don't know if I look at you or not, but thanks. I'm going to look you in the eyes. So Thank you. if you like what you see or hear, like, comment and subscribe. Force family fun time on everywhere. Well, if they're watching this, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, but like follow us on Instagram and stuff. Sure. We do TikTok, I guess. <laughs> Not well, apparently. Not well. <laughs> it's targeted towards the youths. Yeah. 13 to 17. And that's warm 30 with kids. Well, I mean, if you go by YouTube, our demographic is very firmly in like the mm-hmm. 29 to 35. Yeah, lots of dudes. Hey, dudes. Hey, dudes. Why don't you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel? I see you watching, so just give it a like and say, hey. Yep, that's plenty of that. On to what we're actually here for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you sent me a post or a reel or whatever on Instagram about like, I don't know exactly what it was. I probably should have pulled it up, but it was like there was like glass breaking. It was like, I don't know, some popular trending sound and this woman with her cup of coffee like, you know, doing it all with kids and not having a village and stuff and like everything's great and then there's like glass breaking and stuff in the background yeah and i guess before we get too much further maybe trigger warnings i don't know we might talk about some like traumatic shit um you know i don't i don't know what the content is gonna be because it's just gonna be our conversation but you know just be prepared that it might be some heavy topics yeah it's just our experience yeah yours might be worse yours Uh, might be be better. And we are not experts, so. No, we're just two people in a basement <laughs> talking to each other for an hour or so. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, because I felt like this week, okay, and I guess let me say too, we chose to have children. Yeah. You know, it takes a village, blah, blah, blah. Before their COVID, because we had a COVID baby, 2020. Well, let's be very clear. We got pregnant before COVID well, was right, ever right, right. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> She would just happen to be born yeah, in yeah. the midst of lockdown. I know. But some people right. are like, oh, you were locked in your house, so you got to boinkin'. No, we boinked long before that. Yeah. So anyway, and it was like this week, we had both kids home a number of days. I lost count while we still had to work. At least, I think it was at least three days. Right. Like we yeah. would send them. They would get sent home. They were fine. Doctor's and they got appointments. sent home again. Yeah. At least two doctor's appointments. Many doctors note 
antibiotics. Kids were sick with completely different issues. Which makes it even that much more fun because then yeah. you almost don't want them to be around each mm-hmm. other. And it, thank goodness they weren't because, you know, Craig would fall asleep on the way home from school and go straight to bed. Yeah. Because he's just so exhausted. And then like her, she's just vibing. Yeah. She had a little bit of the diary. Mm-hmm. And uh, she threw up once, but it, it almost she seemed like a, a flu. ton of water. Yeah. Uh, so she just had a really upset tummy. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Craig was double eye infection, upper respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. He was going through it. He was, yeah, he was in bad shape. Mm-hmm. But everyone's great now. Yeah, no. Thank yeah. God for antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Modern medicine is great. <laughs> I know. It just, sometimes you're like, man, can we just get to the antibiotic step? Yeah. Because I know it's just going to knock this out. Right. Especially for them and him because he's just so little still. Yeah. It's like, can we just give him something so he can feel better? I don't care if you think it's a virus. Just hit me with that amoxicillin. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like we didn't have any help. We've no. never had any help. And, you no. know, in the beginning when COVID was bad, we were super strict because no one knew anything about it. Especially we, with the new baby. Right. Yeah. We had a brand new baby. You know, we were just super strict about who could hold her. And, you know, that upset a lot of people. And that's where I feel like a lot of our – Family issues started. Well, with your family yeah, specifically. With mine. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to my mother in a decade at yeah. least. Maybe 11 a little longer. Years. Yeah. It's been a long time. Long time. Yeah. Um, so, like, that was long before children mm-hmm. or COVID or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, we just, I think w- before we had kids, we kind of had this dream scenario in our heads mm-hmm. that. You know, every Friday was going to be date night. The grandparents were going to be there for everything. And we'd have plenty of support, plenty of help. We'd never really have to worry about like, you know, are are we going to be able to do the things we want to do still? Right. Are we going to be able to like find help if we need help? Like we were like, oh, we got plenty mm-hmm. of people. And that was, and I guess I don't want to say that was the promise projected to us, but that was also the promise that was projected to us. Yeah. You know, my parents had big dreams of what being grandparents would be like, romanticized, I would say at this point, you know, reflecting back. Sure. And it was just like, you know, they would take them for a night or the weekend or a whole week sometimes. So like you and I could go do adult things. Yeah. And, you know, that relationship kind of fell through, kind of, it didn't fall through with COVID and what that woman had posted about or a different woman that you had sent me was this book called adult children of emotionally immature parents. This is really small text, how to heal from distant rejecting or self-involved parents. And I was like, whatever she read, like a little expert, expert, ex- excerpt. excerpt, whatever, yeah. a little section of the damn book she read. <laughs> I was like, hello, are you talking to me? Cause you downloaded the, the, the sample on mm-hmm. Kindle. And yeah. It was like 60 pages and, and you I read crushed it. it. <laughs> I read it while you were in the bathroom. I was like speed reading. I could see the words like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, you know, obviously everyone had different experiences. My, my parents weren't the worst by any means. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I think if if people want to go through the exercise of who had it worse, you can always find a, right. a, a worse example. So like that's not we're not trying to like set the bar low. No. Literally just our mm-hmm. experience. Because it was like, you know, an emotional immaturity takes a lot of different forms. Yeah. So I do have a worksheet. Oh, okay. And no one has, you don't have to say it out loud, but like these are just some of the things that like, you know, if you have one or more of these checked, like your parents probably were emotionally immature. Okay. And I feel like, you know, with our parents' generation, most of them were in my experience because, you know, obviously their parents were like, you know, capital punishment's cool and like you can beat your kids at school and that's great. And like, you know, kids should be heard. Nope. Kids should be seen and not heard. Like they're those kids. Yeah. And so it's like they didn't have, most of them didn't have those skills going into us. And I guess too, like we were latchkey kids. Mm. Like so many of us were that like, you know, even if they were. Well, you say so many of us were. I don't know if (laughs) there was a lot of us. I felt like there was maybe just because I was and you were. It's like that's that's everybody. Well, in our lives. Yeah. (laughs) Because like, uh, you know, I grew up in an area that there was a lot of kids that were well off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know that they necessarily – were latchkey children. I mean, mm-hmm. they obviously had like professional parents, doctors right. and lawyers and that kind of crap. Um, but I also think they probably had babysitters and nannies and probably and we just had <laughs> ourselves yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So it's like maybe, you know, they were working all the time and just weren't home or whatever the case might be. So it's like my mom was single for whenever my parents got divorced, what I say seven and eight until, Ten, eleven, I think ten or eleven. I don't like, know. Sing, are you talking about when she got remarried, or just when she started dating your? Well, I stepdad? guess I don't know when she started dating for real. Like, because he was the only one we ever met. Oh, okay. I think I don't think we ever met anyone else. But it's like some of these things. It's like my parents definitely were not these, and some of them were like, "Oh shit, yes, that's you know my experience." Because like my dad was always the friend. He's also, sorry, a raging alcoholic. <laughs> sorry, you're apologizing. You know, if he's listening, I see you. I know what you are, man. <laughs> you ain't fooling nobody. I mean, you've told him that. It's not like it's I a have. Secret. It's not a secret at all. Yeah, because I was like, you know, if you stop drinking, maybe we can talk. Right. But until then, we're good. We're good. Because yeah. you mean. But yeah, especially but, when he gets deep in his yeah deep in his drinks. Uh huh. When I'm getting those. Voice to text texts at like three o'clock in the morning. Like mm, sober people aren't awake at this time. <laughs> Everybody that is a, a normal functioning human is getting ready to yeah. go to work tomorrow. Yeah. So like some of these things on this worksheet, you know, your parents might be emotionally immature. My parent often overreacted to minor things. Okay. Um. When it came to emotional closeness and feelings, my parents seemed uncomfortable and didn't go there. I felt like that was mine. Oh, see, the first one, definitely the overreacting to little things. Mm-hmm. Man, it was like now um, I'll say that like it seemed like it kind of came in waves. There was times that like nothing would set them off. 
And then there's times that it felt like everything set them off. Because that was a section in this book that was like, you know, you have that fleeting random moment of closeness mm. and you're like, you try to grasp onto it or like you try to figure out what it is that pleases them. So you keep doing it and then you like you lose more of yourself type of thing. And then this one, I was like, when I was growing up, my parent used me as a confidant, but wasn't a confidant for me. I don't think for me anyways, that mm-hmm. one doesn't really resonate yeah. so much. Not for me. Um, my parent often said and did things without thinking of other people's feelings. That one's hard for me because I do feel like my mom is really selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she cared about certain people's feelings, just not her children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this one, I know because we talked about it the other night. It's like, I didn't get much attention or sympathy from my parent except for when I was really sick. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, as we were talking about that, it was, I had like a flash realization of, during elementary school, uh, I would go to the clinic almost every single day mm-hmm. um, because it was the only time that I felt like anybody was checking in on me uh, or like wanted to ver- – and like of course that creates a boy who cried wolf type situation right. then because now I'm in there every day and every day they're going, okay, you need to go back to class now. Mm-hmm. Um but it was like the only time and because even the nurse, right? Like I felt like I was getting that like, oh, are you okay? You should lay down for a little mm-hmm. bit. Like I felt like I was almost getting that mothering from the people that were working in the clinic yeah. at the school. Um, so like I think that I I never thought of it that way, but it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't really getting that attention until I was sick or saying that I was right. sick because I, I highlighted this whole section and it was like, they focus on the physical instead of the emotion. And it was like, you know, all of my physical needs were met. Like we were housed and clothed and I played softball and extracurricular, whatever. I played music for a minute. <laughs> you know, I dabbled. Sure. Clarinet, violin. That was it. Oboe. Uh, no, I wanted to play the bass or the cello because it was so cool and big. Uh-huh. I'd play the violin. No, the viola. Anyway, but, you know, it's like all your physical needs are met. So it's like, quote, I don't know if I'll read the whole thing, but um, emotionally immature parents can do a good job of taking care of their children's physical and material needs. In the world of food, shelter, and education, these parents may be able to provide everything that's needed in terms of the physical, tangible, or activity-related, many of these parents make sure their children get every advantage they can afford. But when it comes to emotional matters, they can be oblivious to their children's needs. And then it says, um, you know, like when you're sick, they create this attentiveness um, to prove, you know, they love you, they care for you, they want to get you back to that acceptable physical state where they can back off again. And I remember like we always had to try it. Like we couldn't be like, I don't feel good and then just stay home. Like we always had to go to school and try it. So it was like most of the time, even if I still felt sick, I would stay at school. Right. So it's like I'm sure she shot, she thought like 
she shot by the she shore. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Right. So like she probably was like, oh, I wasn't that sick, even if I was. Because it's yeah. like I feel like even today I can't take a day off. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and it always felt like unless I had a diagnosis, mm-hmm. I wasn't sick. You know what I mean? Like I needed a doctor to be like, you have strep mm-hmm. or you have a sinus infection or right. an ear infection, whatever. But it was if there was no doctor's note with my parents, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I was not sick. Yeah. Because it says like well-being taken care for in non-economical areas can create fusion in people who grow up to be emotional lonely. They have overwhelming physical evidence of their parents' love and sacrifice for them, but they feel a painful lack of emotional security and closeness with their parents. Because it's funny, like you're talking about the physical needs, like the housing, the clothes, all that kind of stuff. That was always the first thing that I remember my mom like holding over our heads, mm-hmm. like guilting us about. Yeah. Was like, well, you, you've, you've got a place to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. You've got clothes on your back. You've got food. And it's like, yeah, you had kids. Right. You're a parent. Oh, yeah. We always got the, I put a roof over your head. I pay the bills. Yeah, that's your fucking job. If you didn't do that, you would go to jail. I'm a child. <laughs> I, I can't help that. But it was also like the first thing, as soon as I was 18, mm-hmm. it's the first thing that I was asked for. Oh, well, you live here. You need to pay rent. Oh, you live here. You need to pay for food. And I remember, you know, I got a mini fridge for my bedroom. Oh, I remember the mini fridge. Because, oh, yeah. That's what, <laughs> ironically enough, the mini fridge I'm referencing was also the straw that broke the camel's right. fucking back. Mm-hmm. But I got a, I got a mini fridge right out of high school because I, I would buy food with my money from my job and I would put it in the cabinets and then, like, I would go to eat that food and it was just gone. Mm-hmm. And, like, sure, I don't mind to, sh- I, like, I would share it. But, like, it was all or nothing. And so then, like, I bought a mini fridge and I'd buy 12 packs or whatever and keep it in my room. Or I would buy snacks or whatever and keep it in my room. Because, like, I was essentially told that I needed to pay for that stuff if I wanted it. Mm -hmm. Well, then when I paid for it, it wasn't there because they were eating it. Right. Um, You know, and, like, I told the story about me paying with quarters to get a pizza, it's like when I finally had enough money to start to buy the things that I wanted for myself, it felt like I couldn't enjoy them because then it it turned into a guilt trip of, well, if you're going to buy it, why don't you buy enough for everybody? You know, it was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, because I'm fucking 16, I make $6 and 85 cents an hour. Right. Uh, you know, my paycheck was a whopping $123. So like, I would like to maybe hold on to some of that. Um, but yeah, there was always like this, well, now you're an adult, so you're going to pay for these things. And, you know, when I moved back in with my mom, that was like one of the first things she said to me mm-hmm. was, okay, well you need to start paying rent. And we, we talked about this too, uh, uh, last episode or a couple episodes ago, it's like your, your adult child. <laughs> oh yeah. Doesn't have, was, uh, I'm not the asshole. Yeah, am I the ass? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like your adult child needs help getting back on their feet. Like they're in a situation where they can't find a place to rent or whatever. So like that should just be okay. Like you're not asking your other two children for rent that live with you. Right. 
Um, you know, you're not asking for them to pay for food or gas in the car. My mom would ask me to like go to the gas station mm-hmm. and get her like pop and cigarettes. And like, you know, I was just expected to like go and provide that. I remember at one point I was like, why don't you go ask your husband to buy you those things? Why am I paying? Right. Like she quit her job and then she was like, you go buy me these things now. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. fuck off. <laughs> I'm not spending my money on your addictions. Right. Like that's not, that's not for me to do. Cause like we never had any, well, as I didn't have any of that. Cause you know, we've talked for hours and upon hours of how differently myself and my brother were raised mm-hmm. and we were so close like 15 months apart. So it's like, I don't know. You think you would basically raise us as twins, but I felt like she was so much more involved with him than me. Because mm-hmm. like I was, she says, you know, the court said I was my dad's kid and she had my brother. Right. And that's just like claiming on taxes and paying for sports or whatever. Right. Um, but it almost felt like the judge was like, yep, she is his, he is yours, and that was it. Right. Like for everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, obviously my physical needs were met, but I always felt lonely. And I guess I thought that was just like the normal depression people went through. But now I'm wondering, like, was my experience with like the depression and teenage angst, obviously it's normal, like your shit's all trying to get figured out up there. Right. But like, is that is that normal for normal people and happy families? Yeah. I don't know anymore. Because it makes, me, makes you think like we always talk about wanting to be the parents that if a kid is on a reality show, they're like, I love my mom or I love my dad mm-hmm. so much. I have a picture of them in my kitchen, one in my bathroom. Like right. my, my parents are my heroes. And it's like, you know, not necessarily our experience. Um. And it just makes you wonder, like, did those people have, like, a, an angsty, depressive teenage yeah. year? Um, you know, because I think, uh, especially, and I guess this is kind of turning into a therapy session a hey, little bit. but that's what we do it for. Um, you know, it was like my parents got divorced at nine, or when I was nine. Um, my brother was three, six years younger than me. And it was like... You know, my dad saw us every other weekend, Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And then, like, my mom, she was a manager at a restaurant. So she worked just the most bizarre hours. Uh, A lot of swing shifts where it was like she'd work 16-hour shifts or whatever. And she was gone from early in the morning until Mm -hmm. 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. So it was just us. And it was there was an expectation set that I was like, I had to do all the dishes. I had to do all the laundry. I had to keep the house clean. I had to do my homework. I had to make sure my brother's schoolwork got done. I had to make sure we ate. Like, I was nine. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, my mom would tell you that she was taking care of her brothers and sisters younger than that, you know. Uh, well, again, that doesn't mean it was okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it, but it's just that it's like the this was my experience yeah. so, and I'm okay. So – you should be fine with this experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I, I, I was expected very early to mature and, you know, take on all these additional things. Mm-hmm. 
And man, the depression that hit me when I got to like puberty age was. It was dark. Bad. <laughs> it yeah. was not a good time. Um, you know, and like the only reason that I never went through with trying to kill myself was because of my brother. Um, because it was like, I didn't want him to be alone. Right. I was the, I was the barrier. Right. And I felt like, you know, I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't, I am not his parents, but it was my job to oversee him and take care of him. And I was worried that if I wasn't around, nobody else would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, yeah, it was just, (laughs) it was just the highest level of expectation at all times. I had to succeed at everything. Um, you know, straight A student, mm-hmm. black belt and karate, Eagle Scout, everything had to be to the highest level. Um, and it was like, I, I just felt like even doing all those things, nobody saw me. Nobody knew I was there, which was always my thought when I was like deep in my depression mm-hmm. was like, nobody would know I was gone. Nobody would, it would have zero effect on anybody. Mm-hmm. It'd be a fucking newspaper headline and then it would be gone. Um, and like, you know, <laughs> that's dark shit to think about when you're 12 right. or 13. And, you know, my parents didn't, my, they didn't even know I was depressed. Um, I remember telling my dad, I don't know, when I was like 19 or 20, I remember telling him that I was like suicidal in my teen years. And he was like, I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, you know, nobody really checked. Right. <laughs> nobody was ever like, how you doing? Because, you, you know, like, it's always like, oh, how was school? Good. It was fine. Did you learn anything today? No. No. Later. Right. Then you go upstairs or go to your room or whatever. Then that's it. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, there's obviously a fine line when parenting of like, I'm your friend or I'm your parent. But it's like, I I don't ever remember having like a conversation around how I was feeling Mm -hmm. about anything. Um, You know, I had a friend uh, that died in an accident when I was uh, like 13, 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. something like that. So height depression. Right. (laughs) Um, And I don't remember anybody ever asking me like how I felt. Right. Yeah. Well, cause I had um, someone that I was close with in high school. He was older, but I think I was 16 or 17 and he killed himself. And I remember I found out at work and I remember I came home bawling my eyes out and, oh, you know, my parents were like, what's up? And I told them, you know, my friend killed himself Yeah, and they were like, oh, okay. And that was it. Like, not like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? It was Okay. Go, okay, I'm going to go now. Go deal with that. See you later. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously that's traumatizing anytime. Yeah. But like, you know, I was depressed. Then they, I don't know if they, I mean, they knew eventually, but like, yeah, it just wasn't, I was never seen. And I think yeah, that's what it always felt like. It, it was like you were there, you existed. Right. But there was never like a, 
There was no connection to anything. Because especially now, like looking back, I feel more like a trophy or like an achievement of like I had a daughter and like I'm a thing. I'm not like a a functioning, independent mind. I'm just a daughter. Yeah, like a person with real thoughts and feelings. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think that's where the like needing to achieve highly – came from it wasn't for my own good Mm -hmm. it was to go look at what i raised yeah you know i i built this person not like i drug myself Mm -hmm. through this shit it was i did this because i remember obviously you know and it was a grandma thing god rest her soul but like you know if we got a b she would say you can do better than that Uh uh-huh but you know like coming from her like it's like Okay, like for you, I'll try or whatever. But it's like obviously we were held or I was held to that higher standard than my brother was in my opinion. And it was just like, you know, I should be the best at everything. I should be smart and could just continue to try to achieve more. But I still remember and it will haunt me forever. I said, you know, this was years ago. All I ever wanted in professionally was to make $20 an hour. Uh-huh. And she looked at me and was like, Your mother. my mother. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you'll never make that much. I don't even make that much. And like for her to be like, you'll never achieve that or accomplish that. Right. Is just like as an adult. At, yeah. As an adult, <laughs> like just because you didn't, yeah. it like doesn't mean I shouldn't or can't or right. aren't able to like, no support, just like that dream is stupid. And she didn't say those words, but that's how it felt to me. Is like $20 an hour, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I feel like, you know, your job as a parent is just to help like fan the flames essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, I want to make $20 an hour. You're like 20, 30. Right. 30, 40. Shoot for the stars. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, I want to be. A pilot, pilot, why not be an astronaut? Right. Go to space, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just all like hyping them up to right. achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve. Because if she, if you know, if Bert was like, or Craig was like, I want to do this, it's like perfect. Yeah. What can we do to get you there? Yeah. How can I help? Right. Yeah. Because it's like, do you think, because I know I did, when you stopped talking to your mom, did you feel guilty about it no. or are you just like, no, nope. cut those ties. See you later. You know, it's especially as I've gotten older, I've really realized the value of removing toxic people from my life. Um, which unfortunately means that, uh, most people aren't in our lives. Um, but you know, like I, I had no guilt at all because she never felt like a mother mm-hmm. or what I guess I, I wanted or right. needed in a mother. Um, because it was always like, I think you said it perfectly. I, you know, I felt like more of, I was uh, a thing to hold up. I was a post on Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. I was, uh, Oh, you know, 22 years ago today, I had a baby boy, right. you know, like it was, it was always just, you know, give me attention, give me love because I raised a young, successful man. Um, you know, and I mean, I, (laughs) it was really fucking toxic at the time, but I still held up to it. I remember the last thing I ever said to her was you will not be at my wedding and you will never meet your grandchildren. And is that fucked up to say? 
maybe some people would say so. I've had a lot of people tell me like, oh, that's your mom. It's like, yeah, exactly. We've had a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause you know, my dad, I never told him I was pregnant the first time. Yeah. Like that's how long it's been since we spoke at any capacity. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he's never seen her. Either of them. At either of them. Yeah. And it's just like, cause you know, cause it leads me into the next question that I looked up from like that reel you had sent me and the book that I started reading. It's a Reddit post on r slash momit. Momit. M O M M I T. Like mom, like mom Reddit. Momit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know it was a thing until now, but it's like, does the village not exist or would you, do we just not let them help? And I'm like, Yes, both, both of those things. Yeah, well, I think uh, part of my upbringing was it's not done right unless you do it yourself, mm-hmm. um, which I still really struggle with even today. Um, you know, I think you could attest that if I don't clean it, it's not clean. If I don't, you know, fold it, it's not folded mm-hmm. right. If I don't, you Except know. my tank tops, you will not touch those. No, because you fix them every time. Um you know, if it, it's all, it's always been like, if you're going to do it right, you got to do mm-hmm. it yourself. And so it's like, yeah, I'm not going to let anybody else help because you're not going to do it right. You're not going to do it the way that I would do it. Right. Um, but also like our village disintegrated a long ass time ago. I mean, like I don't really have a person like, well, I've got maybe one that I could think of. I don't really have best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I there's that group of guys that after high school you're like we're going to be friends forever, and that evaporates pretty quick after people start getting married and having kids and like priorities change. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we never had that, especially since we've had kids, but we've never really had that close group of friends around us to help with the kids. Mm-hmm. And then because of how our relationships with our parents have gone, we don't have grandparents around to help with the kids. Right. Like the, the help we get, we pay for it. It is mm-hmm. babysitters, nannies. Well, like the grandparents daycare. we do have around, it's like, you know, they have their own shit going on yeah. and it's like, I'm not going to be like, you know, if they're able to come over and like, just even hang out with the kids or like watch them for a couple hours, like that's perfect. But as far as like that village, that group of people, right. it's like, we just don't have that. Because it's like this one of the top comments on here was like, you know, nowadays we have up to date information at our fingertips, you know, as my laptop sitting in my lap. Like you Google how to feed your infant, what can infants eat, how to cut things. And it's like, you know, when their mom offers outdated, sometimes dangerous information or (laughs) advice, she doesn't understand why I won't let her fill that role or like complete it or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I remember when we took Bert to my mom's house and she was eating a whole meatball. Yeah. Like this thing was gigantic Yeah, and like baby led weaning totally fine. Right. And she was just like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. You're not big enough for that. Yeah. Like talking to her, like you're not big enough or she would question me. Like, can she do that? Like, are you sure that's safe? Like, what about this? I'm like, no, she can't have, you know, whole carrots it's a choking hazard or grapes or whatever the case was and it was just like you know that was the tension was still there but it was just like you know and the boundary pushing which is also why i felt like 
I was a thing and therefore my children were just extensional things of me. Yeah, new shiny toy. Right. Well, it's like because, you know, I'm a mom now. She's a, a nana. Yep. It's another – It's I think it goes back to like especially living in a social media era. It's another title for Facebook. It's another like look at my grandbabies. Mm-hmm. Look, at, look at my beautiful – daughter who had these beautiful kids like it's all it's all what can i post on the internet to look like the best version of myself Mm -hmm. and it was just like from the beginning you know we had said too like we don't want to put our kids on social media on our social media because it's like you know there's a lot of fucking sickos out there number one but it's like they don't have a choice yet you know obviously we'll post some pictures but most of them are like on our personal private pages, it's on that, the 24 hour story and then it goes away. Yeah. Well, and you know, I don't know what the right age is, you know, like if, um, if she got old enough and she's like, I want to do a podcast, you know what I mean? Or like, Mm -hmm. I want to do a YouTube channel. There would be, it would be very hard to jump into that because I feel like, a lot of parents take advantage of their children yeah. Oh, yeah. again for that like internet clout. Oh, it's so gross. And if it's something that's just like fun to do with mom and dad mm-hmm. and it's just like uh to me a YouTube channel or like video editing or podcasting or whatever is like just a new hobby for mm-hmm. a lot of people. I mean it is for us, right? Um so it's like if my kids are like, "Well, you guys do this. I want to try it." Okay. You know, but it's like, you know, you got to put boundaries out there of like, you know, your six-year-old kid isn't like, I don't know, becoming like, I just feel like there's got to be like fan pages for like young child creators. Yeah. I mean, um, who was it? Uh, uh, the That bad baby, the uh, Cash Me Outside girl. Oh, mm-hmm. The day she turned 18, she had an OnlyFans and like. She dude, made millions of dollars in like a minute, didn't she? Yeah, but like. 17 not okay 18 okay millions of dollars to see you naked or whatever Whatever. is on her page but it's just like that to me means that like there was dudes when she was on dr phil i don't know how old she was teenager Mm -hmm. they were just like i cannot wait to see that girl naked and like as now the father of a young girl i'm just like "Mm, no thank you you know Maybe we'll make you like a fun avatar and then you can you can be like a, a VTuber. <laughs> That's um, not a bad idea because Shepard should really like that. But yeah, it's, you know, we, we just wanted to like allow our kids the mm-hmm. chance to choose whether or not we share. Because I know so many parents that every single day post every photo they take for everything they do. And it's like, is anything for you? Well, that's part of it too, especially now. It's like not everyone deserves those photos. Yeah. That joy of our awesome, the cutest kids in the world. Okay. So being introspective about it, is that us treating our kids as an item then? I don't necessarily think so because it's like I don't treat them like an item. I just don't want... Like, obviously, I'm not – I removed my mom from my social media. But it was like I didn't want to keep her on there for her to see these photos because I don't feel like she deserves them because 
she doesn't have a relationship with me. Right. So I don't feel like therefore she deserves a relationship with my kids. Yeah. And ever since COVID, you know, the boundaries that we set because we were so careful were just pushed and crossed and questioned every time. So it's like now, you know, and it's not like I haven't discussed this with her because I have at length. I've done several counseling sessions with her and she still doesn't get it, refuses to get it. And, you know, I've told her again and again, you cannot have a relationship with my children without fixing this first. And I feel like she still continues to push those boundaries because the kids get cards and letters and shit in the mail. And it's like, my kids don't check the mail. <laughs> Who do you think checks they, the mail? They can't read yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, and like, uh, you know, they, they didn't have a relationship with you before, so they don't miss you now. They don't know you. Um, you know, it's just now that Bert has started to go like, oh, where's your mommy and daddy? Mm-hmm. Oh, where's your mommy and daddy? And it, a lot of it is just like, I don't know, probably at their house. Yeah. You know, but like she, she doesn't know them. Um, She's just like, okay, cool. And then carries on. Right. And, you know, we've always said that it's not the kids that are missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. Controversial. I know some people will be fucking upset about it. Um, it's it's the grandparents that miss out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't think we ever asked for anything ridiculous. No. I mean, during COVID, it was, you know, please wear a mask. Please socially mm-hmm. distance. Quarantine if right. possible. I mean, you know, go do grocery pickup. Do curbside pickup don't for your go food. Out, right. Don't go into a restaurant. Right. Don't go where large groups of people go. And again, I know that COVID, I mean, even mentioning it on, I mean, on the internet will just rile people up. But it's just, nobody knew. And, right. I, and I, my biggest fear on the planet was having a brand new baby and this virus being out there and then weeks, months later, watching our baby get put on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't do that. <laughs> and like, because my thing was too, like had we not had kids during that time, yeah. it would have been 100% different. Because yeah. I would have been like, we're young, we're healthy. Even if we got it, we'd probably be fine. Right. But like, because we had her, and it's like, could you imagine we did let people in? we let people in that weren't as careful as us or that we, as we wanted them to be. And she got sick because of them. Right. Are you serious? Right. Cause I mean, there was headlines every day. I mean, they have that, there was a counter that yeah. you could go see how many people were sick or how many people had died. Mm-hmm. And every day was headlines about old people and kids, old people and kids, old people and kids. And it was like, no, I'm, I'm not risking it. Right. It's not worth the risk to me. And ending more, Like now that, I mean, it's still a thing, but it's not obviously nearly as bad because we go out with the kids now, but it's like, if it did anything, it a showed me that remote work is the best work. (laughs) And like all those people that are no longer in our lives, we're better for it. Cause like, could we have that village? Absolutely but I'm not willing to sell a piece of myself for that. I think our village would be full of village idiots. Well, absolutely it would. Because some of these people, especially on those reels that you had sent me, they were like, you know, their village isn't necessarily worth it because the kids come home and they have to spend days 
re-teaching them what they learned there. Yeah. Because, like, that's not how we do it here. Right. Like, that's not right. That's not okay. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, you have to reteach them the right way. Well, I, and, you know, when we were talking about the right way to do things, uh, information at your fingertips, I mean, how many things is it like, oh, well, we didn't have car seats like that when you guys were kids mm-hmm. or, you know, we didn't, we didn't uh, cut your food up like that or we didn't uh, make your bottles that way. Right. You know, it's like so many like weird it's things that you don't think about, but they're like, well, that, we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so much of that. And it's like, well, yeah, but guess what? People have learned that uh, there's a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's the same thing with this parenting stuff, right? It's like, do do we not have a village and we're also trying to break generational trauma? Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that that's like the millennial generation mm-hmm. is like ushering in this you know, generation of people that are trying to do better by fixing themselves first, um, which just hasn't happened with other generations. Right. Like breaking this cycle, like, you know, the gentle parenting thing. Cause I asked you earlier and it's like, you know, obviously our parents didn't go through our childhood. Like, am I fucking up my kids? Right. And I was like, do you think, you know, how we're trying to raise our kids, it's going to fuck them up somehow. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, you're nurturing them. You're providing them a safe space to feel things. Yeah. Providing unconditional love. (laughs) Right. Like, they're probably going to turn out fine. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure we'll fuck them up in some capacity, but like. I'm sure we already have. (laughs) Because like, you know, the whole village thing, it's like, obviously we chose this. We chose to cut these people out, you know, whatever, whatever. But it's like, there's some times and, you know. In that book, it says it happens. You know, you lose your patience. You had a long day at work. Maybe you don't feel good, but you didn't take the day off because you don't feel like you can. Yeah. You can't take a rest day. Yeah. And it's like they're whining about nothing. Mm-hmm. Mommy, 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 screaming at you in the dark. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I need, I need to step away from this. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, because like – there's so many things that are that are triggers, and I'm sure so much of it is because it, it was something that I wasn't supposed to do as a kid, right? Because, like, one of the new things that Bert's been doing is she's been, like, sticking her tongue out and blowing raspberries mm-hmm. when she doesn't like that you said something a certain way. And, man, I would have got my fucking head cleaned off if I would have even thought mm-hmm. about sticking my tongue out like that. Well, remember, like, the whining, the crying – I remember, I know both of our parents have said it. Oh, yeah. I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, I'll say it's a funny story. It's probably not very funny now. Um, we went to a grocery store, uh, one of the smaller local grocery stores. And it's a, it's a weird kind of store because it's got like a big grocery section. But then the whole like entryway of the store is like closeout stuff. Uh, so it's got like, you know, toys and clothes everything and you could ever think of. Just all kinds of like bizarre shit. And there was like uh, one of those book racks that's got like uh, coloring books and stuff in it. And I remember I was like looking at coloring books and I don't know if my mom called for me or said anything to me, but I just like turned around and she was gone. Gone. Nowhere to be seen. 
and I just have a full on panic attack, right? Like I thought I got left at the grocery store. So now I'm running through the grocery store, weeping, Mm -hmm. screaming, so upset, go up to customer service. Can't find my mommy. Can't find my mommy. Right. Some strangers like we'll find your mommy. Don't worry. It's not even that big of a store, but like as a child, it's it's the universe. Right. Um, and I remember my mom was so fucking mad at me for what she said, walking away from her and she threatened to have my dad beat my ass when he got home from work. I was so upset. I cried the whole way home and I wore myself out and fell asleep immediately when we got home because I had just been horrified, Mm -hmm. hyperventilating fell asleep until after dinner dad was already home ready for bed whatever nothing happened like it was just like i don't know probably a couple of hours of me hyperventilating and crying Mm -hmm. because i was so worried about the ass beating i was going to get when my dad got home and it's like i couldn't imagine doing that to our kids (laughs) because like you know there's been times like when she she still hits but Especially she hits you more than me. Yeah. But like, you know, she hits, she spits because that has been a thing. Yeah. And it's like you just snap mentally. Yeah. Like I've never hit her. I can't imagine hitting her. Right. But I know I have been so angry that it's like I need to just walk away from you. Yeah. You're going to cry even harder, but I just need a minute to take a couple deep breaths away from the situation and, and it, then I will come back to you. And generally it seems like most of the time the other parent is able to step in and like diffuse things. Mm-hmm. But man, there's been like at least a couple of times where both of us are just over the edge. And then at that point, the fucking ship is lost guys. There's no captain at the helm. And things aren't going to get any fucking better. Because it just seems like, you know, we're both up to 11. We're dialed up to 11. Whoever we feel like is like a (laughs) 10.99 is the one that goes in. Because, you know, I've been trying really hard to like, especially like nap times and bedtimes. At least kind of recently, she calms down with me or I can kind of wrangle her. Like you've been, you know, unavailable sometimes and it's just, it's only me. Right. It's like, I've, you know, I try not to get as annoyed with her when she's just screaming. Like she's exhausted, especially from today and yesterday. It's like we did nothing. But go. Go. Yeah. You know, one of our friends came over with her kid and dog today. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun. She, I've never seen her have that much fun before. Yeah. She was having a blast. And they were just so sweet together. They held hands down the slide. I teared up a little. It was so sweet. <laughs> but like, you know, nap time was rough. Bedtime was rough. And it's just mommy, 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 mommy. Well, or a hug. 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 But she doesn't want you to hug her. And then, yeah, as soon as you reach to hug her, she, she like curls away. Right. Like yeah. you're a leper or yeah. something. Yeah. So it's like the back and forth. It's like a dance. It's like like we're waltzing. Yeah. Waltzing at the nap time and And bedtime. And it's definitely one of those things that the calmer you can stay through it, Mm -hmm. 
the faster you get through it. Yeah. Because that's what I did. Was it last night? She was screaming. If it was nap time, maybe. I don't know. They're all, they all, they're all the same. Like she was screaming in her room. She would say, mommy, mommy, mommy. So I'd come towards her. No, no, go away, go away. And then eventually I just sat on the floor with my legs and my arms open. I didn't look at her. Well, you know, I tried not to make direct eye contact. <laughs> and it's like, I'm here for you when you're ready. Yeah. It's, I talk low. I was sitting on the floor open. So like my body language was like, I'm here. Yeah. And then eventually she crawled towards me and then we were good. Yeah. And it's just like, my parents would have never done that. Nope. I'll give you something to cry about. I put you in this world. I can sure as shit take you out of it. Take you out of it. Yep. Like, I don't recall getting spanked often, but it was threatened for sure. Yeah. And then they would always threaten to tell my teachers I was bad. Yeah, that was the thing that worked for you, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I didn't want my teachers to think I was bad. Because, like, you know, and maybe it was because, like, you know, I always got that positive attention because I was such a good student. I was so attentive. I listened. I was quiet. So like they gave me that feedback that I wanted and I didn't want my parents to ruin that for me. And it's like, cause I know we had the one episode that was like happy memories question mark. And it's like, golly, when, you know, when you really sit down and think about it, like shit's sad, but you know, cause then, then that book too, it talked about how I haven't gotten to it yet. You know, there's two types of children, like their outcomes for like having parents that were emotionally immature, you know, whatever your parent was. Right. And I feel like, you know, we are the example of probably the good, the better outcome. Sure. Versus, you know, I know we know people. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the uh, failure to launch kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, yeah, I, I just, when I think back on my childhood, I can find happy memories, mm-hmm. but they aren't the first thing that come to mind. Right. And I think that's the saddest thing for me is like, I have to dig for the happy stuff. Um, and I, you know, as a parent, I don't, I don't ever want my kids to feel the way I do. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think every generation, hopefully, just wants better for their kids. Um, But I feel like the millennial generation on top of like dealing with multiple financial crisis now, uh, pandemic, uh, ongoing war that never ends, um, you know, a lot of shit. I think the millennials have all kind of went, whoa, (laughs) Uh, is it me? Do, is it, Am I the am I the problem? Am I the drama? Am I the drama? Um and I think through that introspection, I think a lot of our generation and I I think Gen Z is even more extreme than us. Um you know, they they've started to go, okay, these are the things I need to do better for me. Mm-hmm. And now how can I teach that to my kids? Mm-hmm. Cuz like so much of our job now is like we have to regulate our own emotions to then help our kids regulate. Yeah. I have I have zero skill. It's hard. In emotional regulation. 
And it's like, I feel like we've been, especially because there's like no village to learn from, but also it's like our village doesn't have those skills themselves. So it's like, we've just been flying by the seat of our pants, but I feel like we've been doing such a great job. If I could just pat ourselves on the back and I've been trying really hard. Like I hate telling her she's a big girl. I I don't, I try so hard not to say be a good girl or you're a good girl because it's like, I feel like that's just, you know, going to fuck shit up. Yeah. I try not to talk about, you know, she's fucking cute. She's cute as a button, but I try not to be like all the time based on her appearance, her her appearance, like beautiful girl, whatever. Yeah. She's strong. It's like, you know what? Sometimes even if you're strong, it's okay to ask her help or yeah. she calls herself a big girl. Cause I think they say it at school. They do. But I'm like, but you know what? Big girls ask for help. Yeah. Cause I grew up thinking they didn't, I don't need any help because I'm tough. I'm strong. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I didn't ask for help because I, I didn't have any available to me. Well, right. I didn't <laughs> think I could count on anybody. And that's what we've kind of said since the beginning of us is you can't rely on anyone else. And luckily, we can I mean, rely on each other. Literally, from the beginning of our relationship, we have said it is us versus everybody, mm-hmm. and like, not in a, not in a toxic. I want to go to war with everybody kind of way. It was just there's nobody else but each other. Well, and it always felt like everyone looked up, looked for something in return. Hell yeah. Or even like, cause you know, my mom specifically, anytime there was any monetary exchange, or they bought us. <laughs> yeah lawn equipment from a yard sale she wanted me to pay her back or pay for it that's one of the most bizarre things that i've ever experienced they bought us that we just had bought our first house mm-hmm. your brother lived with us mm-hmm. they bought us they told us 50 dollars in lawn equipment it was a lawnmower and some shovels and yeah stuff. and then your birth so we moved in valentine's day is when we got the mm-hmm. keys we moved in at the end of february and then your birthday is at the end of March. So they bought us that stuff at the, the beginning of March. And then they sent you a birthday card with a $50 bill in it. Yeah. I've never, they wanted us to pay them $50 for the lawn equipment and then sent you $50 for your birthday. And I was just like, why not just call it a fucking wash? I mean, just here's the lawn equipment. Happy birthday. Because why, why did we need to have this exchange? Cause it was always like that with her, but I don't feel like she was ever, ever like that with my brother. Definitely not. And like, I loved your brother. Mm-hmm. Your brother was my best friend in the whole world. Ben also suffered from depression, ultimately ended his own life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Ben had to be responsible for nothing, nothing ever. ever. <laughs> His cell phone bill, his student loans, his car payments. I mean, I know that he contributed some. Right. But, but like if he didn't or was like, yeah, I can't, no, she's like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. But I never had that option. Yeah. I, at our wedding, mm-hmm. I remember they walked up to me and they were like, okay, she's on your insurance now. Like auto insurance. I don't even think there was like a congratulations. It was like, she's on your car insurance now, right? Like at our fucking wedding mm-hmm. ceremony, guys. And like, it's like one thing for it to be like a har har. We've been talking about this for a while, but it was like a legitimate, like, no, you need to make that switch. Mm-hmm. And then we had to do our cell phones because mm-hmm. we were on like a family plan because it was cheaper. And then it was like, oh, you guys need to get on your own cell phone yeah. plan. Like I was just 
anything financially, like I was always responsible for. Because, you know, with college, she took care of my brothers. Yep. Your dad took care. Well, was supposed well, to have He taken was supposed care. to have taken care of mine. Right. But like when he just stopped, because he was paying like $20, $25 a month of interest. And then I started getting an email like, hey, you haven't made that payment yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then it's like, then I obviously had to take that over. And she was like, yeah, you know, that sucks. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. But I do remember when and I said this to her too, in one of those sessions that we had, when I decided to cut dad out, I was praised. Mm. He was a narcissist. He was a drunk. Good for you. You don't deserve that. Yeah. But then I was like, when the tables are turned to you, it's a problem. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not just a thing that you can talk about on Facebook or to your friends. I'm a fucking person. And now you're dealing with the repercussions of that person's decisions. Well, because the reason why I asked you if you felt guilty about not talking to your mom is because like I, not as often, but like I super felt guilty about it. Because like, you know, with the kids' birthdays coming up, like I feel guilty not inviting them. But it's like, why would I invite them? Right. Which is the conversation we've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I honestly, after cutting my mom out, I've never felt happier because it eliminated so mm-hmm. much drama from our lives. So much. And like, it's already enough work in your own life, anybody, to think about your own shit. Much less having to like balance your parents' shit, your sibling shit, your best friend shit. Like, it's hard enough to keep your mm-hmm. own house in order. I don't need to worry about keeping yours in order. And it's not my job to make sure they're happy. No, no. I I'm not here to support how you feel. Times are changing, <laughs> and if you're not changing with me. Here's the door. Yeah. Well, and you know, we were learning how to be adults. Yeah. Like we were learning how to be grownups mm-hmm. and like there was never like helpful advice. There was never like, oh, these are the things that are a good idea. Mm-hmm. It was all just shit we've learned on our own. Yeah. Trial and error. And Here like, we are. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think we're really fortunate to be in the position yeah. we are given our upbringings and a lot of the stuff that we've been through in life because we've been through it, but it's also just been like years of grinding years of, I'm so tired. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, you you can't take a break. There's, there's no, there's no break. There's no resting. And I think that's the hardest part of not having a village Yeah, is like, there's no take the kids for a night. Take the kids for a weekend. Right. I mean, it wasn't until this year Mm -hmm. that we started getting babysitters with any kind of regularity. And that's hit or miss depending on one of us being (laughs) sick. Right. They're (laughs) sick. We're sick. Yeah. And then all of it, like the first time, like we had them come. It was great. Four months later, literally four months later, I was like, oh shit. I never messaged her back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, God, time just, March is Wednesday. Yeah. Did right. you hear what I just said? March is Wednesday. I I heard you. Oh, my golly. 
it is it is just as especially now being parents and being together as for as long as we yeah. have um you know you start to really look at what are the most important things to have because not only is cutting toxic people out of your life it's also cutting toxic people out of your children's yeah. lives I don't want anyone to put their bad juju on my kids. No. Well, and I feel like, too, one of the best things, I don't know how. I mean, I guess I've always said, too, before I met you, I was an asshole. Which I I still think is so funny. I thought I was the hottest thing to grace this universe. Uh I was untouchable. Uh And it's like, I don't know what happened when I met you, but like, our self-reflection is just years beyond where it was, you know, obviously before we started dating and it's just like, I feel like that was one of the best things that we've ever done is starting. No one else is responsible for us other than us. Yeah. That's why it's like, am I the asshole? Well, maybe (laughs) sometimes, sometimes I am. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like you, you need that, you need that check. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to like. Am I being unreasonable? Right. And it's like, I don't know. If you feel like you are, uh, there's probably a area of growth there for you. Well, you know, and I think there's also the, the aspect of like, honey, who do I need to go murder for you? Because I'll, I'll do it. Fuck them. They're, they're dead to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to have a relationship? Okay. Yeah, they're great. I love them. You know, like I will support you in whatever you want to do or whoever you want in our lives. Um, and we've talked about that with all of these different parenting mm-hmm. relationships and like, you know, if they came back around or if we tried to make this happen again, and it's like it is your relationship with your parents. And yes, they are my parents too now through marriage, but you know, they didn't raise me. Mm-hmm. They you know, they weren't around when I was a, a child, you know. And now you are the only living child on your side of the yeah. family because um, both your brother and your stepbrother have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only me and my brother and my stepsister on my side. But, you know, like at this point, I'm cool with being the black sheep. Yeah. I, like it's uh, – I have accepted that role and I, I don't – it's not like I I'm I feel ashamed for any of it. I'm just like, no, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to I'm not going to put myself into what you want me to be. Right. I'm not going to be the mold of what you want. I want you to be proud of who I am. Not what you wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And I and that's what I want my kids our kids to to feel like is that no matter who they are, what they are, who they love, whatever, they know that we love and support them mm-hmm. in everything. Everything. If, you know, they want to be a stripper, sex worker, all right, be safe about yeah. it. Cool. If you want, if you know, one of our children is gay, I do they take care of you? Do they treat you well? Right. Are they a good person? Are you happy? Yeah. Great. I like... The the only line in the sand for me is drugs. Like, just don't go fucking kill yourself with some bullshit. Like, just are you happy? Then that's all. That's all I care about. Then I have done my job. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just fucking sprinkles, baby. Because I want to. Like, if someone 
if they have a podcast 30 years from now and someone's like, what's your happiest childhood memory? I want them to have so many they can't just choose one. Yeah. And not, you know, my case where I just don't remember anything. Yeah. Like I said, I got to really dig through the mind palace to get to the to the good stuff. I got to get through some like dark corridors. (laughs) Because I was like birthday parties. Like, do I even remember a good birthday party? I don't remember any birthday parties. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I've often felt guilty about not doing more for you for your birthday because like, I don't know. I've, I've always felt like birthdays are really special and I don't really remember having mine celebrated a lot. And I was always like, well, if I want it, I assume she probably wants it too. But then it's like you said, March is fucking Wednesday. Well, right. You know, it's just like every year it sneaks up on me and I'm like, fuck. Time flies. Because any like, whoops, I always feel like we do, like we kind of hold off on like a big celebration for me and do it for yours because yours is in the summer. Yeah. I mean, March, it might be 70. Like the one time I remember years ago, we sat outside Carabas on the patio for my birthday. Uh-huh. The next year, there was like two feet of snow. <laughs> yeah. Like March is just, you don't know what March is yeah. going to do. July is pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hot. Yeah. Like, so it's like any trips and stuff. It's like, yeah, we'll just wait till your birthday. I know, but it's like your life deserves to be celebrated. Well, I every know. Year. I know. I don't know. I guess I, I don't ask for much. I don't. And maybe that's because I never felt like my birthday was super special. Yeah. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Just another day. Yeah. Kind of thing. But this year we're doing something special for me. <laughs> True. Yeah, I just, I just, I hope our kids just are overwhelmed with happiness. I hope so I want all the time. You know, if they decide to have kids, like I want them to want us to be there, mm-hmm. to be their village, and like because it's like I'm not going to treat. But I want them to choose us. Yes. Like I, I want them to have the option of anybody on their on the planet to be beside them and they choose us every time. I want my picture to be in their house because they want it to be there. Not because I gifted them a photo of me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they took the picture and printed it out. Mm -hmm. They, they framed it. They, they want to do family pictures and they want us to be there. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, I just want happy kids, happy, healthy kids, Mm -hmm. all all the rest of it, whatever, baby, roll with it. Gravy. It's going to happen. It'll it'll be fine. It'll be fine. They're already fucking great. So, I mean, I'm biased, but they're the best kids ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're assholes. Well, the little one's easy. The big one's kind of an asshole sometimes, but like, you know, she's, she's figuring stuff out. She's got to she's got to be an asshole to figure out how to not be an asshole, mm-hmm. is what I've been told. Well, I I believe it. Yeah. Do you want to do a card? I do. Okay. I read the top one, so I'm gonna not pick that one. All right. Stick it away. Ready? <laughs> what is something you like that most people don't? Something I like that most people don't. Oof. Metalcore music. Yeah, I guess it's hard because it's like I I only talk to or surround myself with people that 
are like that. that have like similar yeah. interests, right? So like most of the people I know or talk to on any regular basis like that, like heavy metal, mm-hmm. metal core. I can't music. think of anything that I like that most people don't. I was trying to think of like a, like an obscure food or something that I really enjoy that people are like, Ooh, you like that? But like, I'm, I was always so picky as a kid that like, it's like chicken tenders and French fries. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't like that? Um, yeah. Oh, when were your parents most disappointed in you? Ooh, I have to pick one. <laughs> um, I don't know the answer to that one either. Yeah, that one's a hard one. I mean, like I, I remember, you know, like bad grades mm-hmm. and stuff. See, I was I was so scared of authority as a kid that like I didn't I didn't fuck around with I like I didn't sneak out, I didn't go to parties. I I was afraid of low grades. So like I didn't leave a whole lot of room for disappointment, but I it's because I was scared of disappointing mm-hmm. somebody. Cuz I know I did get caught like in lies like I was over at my boyfriend's house when I said I was at my friend's house or like those kinds of things. So I'm sure there was, well, I did get caught in the basement a couple times with boyfriend at the time. So probably that. Yeah. Whatever, man. You're underage. Well, that was later. I don't think that was so much of a disappointment. It was more for me being like, ha ha. I was bad and you didn't know. (laughs) Ha ha. I snuck out every day of the summer of my junior year. Ha ha. Yeah. You had no idea. I could have died. <laughs> There's a lot of situations where that could happen. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I'm going to have to think more about like a disappointment moment and then like something I like that other people don't. Yeah. Because I don't have an immediate like knee jerk answer. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Someone walked over my grave. Um, I, you know, I guess my maybe like some of it would be like. I like some anime. I know anime is like a big thing, but like, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, I don't get anime. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also not like a weeb. You know what I mean? Like, but I liked like Jujutsu Kaisen was cool. That was a good one. That Um, Demon Slayer one was good that we watched. Demon Slayer was good. Because I remember I watched it by myself and I recorded a section of it and sent it to you like, this show is crazy. When when she kicked that demon's head off. Yeah. Was the one. That was wild. Um. You know, Attack on Titan was good. I like that one a lot. Those bunch of naked people. <laughs> they are naked, indeed. Uh, so yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't have like I don't have like weird tastes in anything that I can think of. Mm-mm. I mean, I'm really into cars. I I know that there's a lot of people that couldn't give two shits about cars, what they drive, what's yeah. the new thing coming out. I love like tech stuff. I have a lot of like hobbies and things that I'm interested in. Sure. So I I feel like if there was a Venn diagram of all of the things that I was interested in, there's not a lot of people that are in the same overlap of things. Could be. Could be. I have to think about it. All right. Well, let us know if you like the more serious episodes (laughs) or not. And if you didn't, well, I don't know how many of these will do because they're kind of a bummer. I don't know. Comment anyway if you didn't like it. Yeah. Like, comment, and subscribe. If you made it to the end of our several 
Well, it I was a long one. I didn't think it was going to be this long, but here we are. And honestly, I feel like we probably could go for another 10 hours probably. on just this stuff. Like you could deep dive in just the sections of it. Oh, yeah. So if you want to hear more about our depressing childhoods, <laughs> holla. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep talking about it. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, we do. We talk about it privately. So we'll just sit in our chairs and yeah, no. So let us know your shit, your dark and twistiness. Yeah, you could do that. Or not. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to. I don't like, want to tell you what to do. Yeah, like, I don't want to force anybody into like <laughs> unveiling some dark shit if they're not I wanting do. to do that with the internet. Yeah, do it. Um, okay. Share your dark and twisties. Bye. <laughs>